So if you'll stand with me as we go to prayer, I just want to encourage you to be strong and courageous and know not to be afraid for the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness this morning. We thank you for the blessings we have in Jesus, your son, who became sin and took our sin and washed away all of our sins so that we could stand before you righteous and holy. So, Father, we give you praise and thanksgiving this morning for your goodness, for your salvation, and for the power of your spirit. We welcome God, the Holy Spirit, into this service to bless every activity, our prayer, our worship, our song, the word that goes forth, those that bring the word, Lord, that your anointing would be upon everything that we do. I pray that every heart here would be open and soft to receive the word, to receive the power of your word that is alive, that can change us and cause us to be the witness into the earth. So, Father, we just give you the praise and honor and glory and for all the things that you're doing in this earth. Despite what we see with our eyes, we have our eyes on you, the everlasting God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
think about these words we're singing. If someone had, if we were standing in court today and we were guilty of all the charges and somebody came in and said, you're forgiven of all that you owe, you are free to go. That's what Christ did. Sometimes I think that we, we lose sight of, of the grace and mercy of our Lord. And it just becomes routine and rudimentary where you're just going through the motions. And we hear that a lot. But it, it's, it's so easy to, to do. We come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know, we probably do personal devotions. We, but sometimes we lose that, that first feeling of salvation. Whew. It's hard to sing these songs sometimes when you think about what the Lord actually has done for you. His grace is so free. Hallelujah, just raise your hand in the altar right here. Just let the spirit move. He's here. He is here. He wants, he wants to minister to us. And the only way he can do that is if we're at the foot of the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. Let's sing this one more time. Praise
Bible says that where sin doth abound, grace doth more, more abound. And I want you to think about what happened because the Bible says that it is in the last days, it'll be like in the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, the whole earth was corrupt and every man's heart was turned to violence. Such to the point that God repented that he had made man. But Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. He found grace. And if Noah and his family can find favor in the earth, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of everyone turning away from the Lord and the whole earth such that God said that he repented to make man in the first place, how much more do we have walking in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and having been set free from the curse of the law, how much more do we have to walk in the grace of God and the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ? So I just want to encourage you this morning. We need to sing this until it penetrates our hearts. So we understand that we walk in the grace and the mercy of our God and the fullness of the promises we have in Jesus. For Jesus is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and all authority belongs to him. And we give him praise this morning. Just sing to the Lord. Oh, great. 
gentlemen. If the Lord would tell us this morning that he's with us, wherever we go, he's with us. He goes before us to make a way. He's behind us and in front of us. He's our refuge and our fortress. He's our bulwark. A mighty and faithful God. We just give you praise this morning. So don't be discouraged whatever you're dealing with. For there is a God in heaven who knows all things and has all power. And nothing is taken by surprise. We just praise him for this morning. Praise the Lord. God has more for us this morning, so let's stay in let's stay in worship and praise as we move forward in this song. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna ask the ushers if they'd come forward to So as we move from the spiritual praise and worship to the practical of giving tithes and offerings, let us not lose the importance of what we do. For if God wanted to take us out of the earth and and do everything in the earth, we would just get born again and he'd take us to be with him. But he's left us here for a purpose. And we are the church, the body of Christ. And so we come with tithes and offerings so that his church would accomplish its goal and purpose and that he would provide the things that we need. So, Brother Bailey, would you pray over our offering this morning? Amen. 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 You know, everything we've heard this morning through the Spirit is in line with the Word of God. And every word that goes forth from His mouth, it always accomplishes its purpose. So it's important for us to be faithful to the calling that God has on each of our lives and to press forward in the part that we have Whatever part that is, it's an important part. 
So I just want to encourage you this morning. I'm just feeling that in my spirit that everything is about to bust forward just as Sister shared with us. So get ready. Get ready. So God's blessed us with children, and we're going to let those children go to their Sunday school. I don't know about you, but the ground of my heart has been watered and plowed this morning. And I'm ready to hear the word, so as pastor comes, let's give him a warm welcome. We are um, so thankful to God for his presence and the move of his spirit. Uh, and the voice of the Spirit in our service, we know that we want His voice. We want to hear from His Spirit. And so we're grateful today for the hearts and lives that are yielded, that would declare and speak in uh, a message in tongues as we know it in the Scripture. And the, uh, as Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, we're going to talk about the Corinthian church for just a little bit here this morning in just a minute. But I just thought it was amazing just to hear and to, to be a part of just what we believe is one of the secrets to the church in the last day, and that is to have the voice of the Spirit of God speak to the body, amen, and to experience that and to receive that and have him declare to us those things that he sees and he understands about us deeper and bigger than we can. And so we're grateful for that message. We know that when a message is given, that there is an interpretation. We receive that interpretation, and that is what is so important to us all is that we experience and walk in that presence and that pressure. Well, <laughs> thank you, man. You're welcome. So much. Amen. The, uh, um, I'm going to, look, she brought that to me. I'm just going to drink that right in front of you. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. That was incredible. I, I will need that in a minute. She saw that I have 13 pages of notes. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. I don't have 13 pages of notes. I did hear Brother Lambert say one time, Brother Jerry, you'll know this whenever I say it. Remember Brother Lambert? He preached some fire down on us. Uh, Brother Lambert, I'll never forget him saying one time, hey, look, you can't start a fire if you don't have enough wood. So he, he, he'd walk up there. That was before iPads and you could put all your stuff digitally. And he'd walk up there and he'd have a stack of notes and you'd go, oh, my gosh, we may not get out of here today. <laughs> so the beauty of it is y'all have no clue how much I got right now. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but thank God for the activity and the move of the Spirit and the voice of the Spirit and the yieldedness in your life. Be yielded to the Spirit. Allow God to speak through you and flow through you. Look, I'm not uncomfortable with saying at some point, hey, that was the Spirit of God just flowing through that person. I've had to do that. We've seen that. Uh, I, I mean, it, to, to, to 
the secret is is to begin to practice what we believe the scripture teaches to the body amen so as you feel that urgency that the voice of the spirit that god to give you a message speak that message we'll get an interpretation if we don't that's just the flow of the spirit don't be uncomfortable with that we can guide through that and direct through that we are we are believers amen we are we are we believe that god has a message to the church and he'll do it through anyone that'll yield themselves it's not dependent upon me i've given i've been tasked with it but but he's in control of it all amen and we want him to minister and to speak so we're thankful for that and uh and the yieldingness of those who would operate in the spirit and the gifts and uh it's a message uh and it's a message to you if you don't know christ if you're far from god today there is grace brother man there is grace hallelujah um i got saved at 15. i was raised in church but i mean i i got i mean i i mean i got saved early and then i fell away and at 15 well, no, I, I, I'm sorry, let me rephrase it. I backslid at 15. I, I, got, I got my driver's license. That's right. So, like, I was on my way to get my driver's license. I was telling someone, because I, I thought back about it after the discussion, 30 days prior to turning 15 in Mississippi at that point, that was a long time ago, I could get my driver's license, my permit for 30 days, and then I get driver's license on the day I turned 15. That scares the fire out of me these days sometimes <laughs> to think that I had a, a four or five thousand pound machine running down the road and i was 15 years old couldn't hardly see over the street five five weighed 110 pounds by the way on my first driver's license that should scare y'all too um so i was on my way i had an uncle to to have a heart attack and die that day and so i had to delay my driver's license i got him finally whenever i got him i'll never forget um that that um I, I i it was the beginning of me just sort of getting away from god i got some freedom you know that's that's you do understand the scripture makes it clear don't use your freedom as an occasion to sin why because freedom is the typical foundation of our moving away from god yeah. i mean let's just face it you don't find many people who's in slavery that's not looking for a savior But you find those who are who are free thinking they they are God. Yeah. Thinking we got the answer. None of this is in my notes, by the way. It's just on me, so I, I'm going to talk for a minute. Um, so understand that I was away from God, and when I came back, I I came back to a, I mean, with a desire and a hunger and a thirst, and had to have a bunch of stuff happen in me. I needed I needed a lot of deliverance and a lot of help. Uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, work to happen in my spirit, in my soul. Been raised in church, fell away from God, lied a lot about what I was doing to my parents. And then whenever I came back, I came back without their help. I came back facing a God who I knew was this gracious, merciful God that we sang about this morning. And, and um, haven't really had a, a, a turn away since. I mean, I, 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 I do think that I have found myself in... Um, familiarity where i got it got so familiar i became complacent amen it got so comfortable i you know i'm gonna say this this is gonna sound weird man it's gonna sound weird this week i was thinking about it i did i was driving down the road and i said lord thank you for covid because it could be the secret to reviving the church i said lord i i don't want it 
I think I may have had it late January or the February. I don't want it or, or even have it again if I had it the first time. But I thank you that through it, there's an awakening happening in the church. We realize we need each other. We realize we need the gathering. We need to worship together. We need to press in. We need the grace that we sang about this morning. So desperate, so desperate. All right, I'm going to preach. Praise God, praise God. So I've been, you know, I've been pouring my issues out these past few messages. I got all kinds of issues. Somebody say amen. And so here's the fact. The issue that most of us face, the issue that most of us carry, um, it, it, and it's, I think it's on an ongoing basis, we struggle with how we think, how we think about God, how we think about others, how we think about our, uh, ourselves. And because of those struggles in our thoughts, they affect how we trust God, how, how we communicate with others, how, how we even... How, how we even feel about ourselves and, and see ourselves because those thoughts, a thought affects everything, folks. Look, there's, 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 a, there's been a common thing that's happened in the past 30 years, and it's been this. It's been the idea that if we can form language, if we can form language, if we can shape language, we can affect the thoughts and the actions of people. You say, how do you know that? Twitter. Twitter's forced into 150 characters. And so in that shape, in that form, in those that many characters, there's been an attempt and a work against the, the uh, uh, own society, not against maybe because some are very positive with it. But it's been a work to shape our thoughts. And I say thoughts because really that's where language comes from, out of the abundance of the what? The heart, what happens? So language is coming from in here. Language is coming from in here. And so if, if we can take in, if they thought they believed and, they, and their belief was true because they've seen it. It's been, you can go all the way back. You can go back to Hitler. You can go back to all of them. They believed if we can control and shape language, then we can affect a culture. Welcome to the 21st century. Amen? So, I, and I'm not, that's not my focus this morning. That's not even in my notes. I'm so off my notes so many places. But how you think, your thoughts are what we, I think we have issue with. And I've had issue with thoughts all my life. I, I, so, so, it, it uh, wow, how honest did I get today? So, hmm. okay, y'all may never let me back in the pulpit, but I'm going to just lay it all out there. Is that okay? Y'all good with that? Y'all good with that? Everybody give me in the head nod. Okay, you're comfortable. Everybody's relaxed. So, I was exposed to pornography at 10 years of age. Okay. Best friends, the Sutherlands, three boys lived over there. I'd go over there. It was everywhere. The, his, the dad was very involved in it. The kids had it. I was very exposed to it. Uh, at 19 at Salvation, just, got, just chose and followed God, went after him heart, wholeheartedly. 
went through college, and it was while I was at Southeastern, I got, I experienced a deliverance from that control. But there, fertile and watered ground receives seed. And the challenge for us is, is once a seed thought, once a thought is planted in a ground, in a fertile ground, it's like, you, do you know the most, the most powerful, the most uh, um, difficult weed to get rid of? Is, it's, it's, uh, it's called a cuckleberry. Do y'all know what a cuckleberry is? It's a little seed. It's thorny all the way around. You walk, and then you get all on you, and you have to rip them off your pants. Do you understand that a cuckleberry is actually a seed that has multiple seeds in it? And it can sprout and grow and you can pull it up, but the other seed could lay dormant for years. And it could come back two years, five years later. It just depends. It's very random on how it produces itself. And I almost feel like um, the seeds of thought that the enemy plants into our mind are like a cuckleberry seed. That we can get delivered, God can free us, he can deliver us from alcohol, he can deliver us from, from hatred, he can deliver us from all kinds of things, but because there is something in us that, that, that is constantly called for daily to do what? Reckon yourself dead. You've got to put to death the old nature and the old man. Because we are challenged daily to do this, we can find ourselves in moments in life where that we haven't been doing a good job of that, and all of a sudden the drop of water hits it, and boom, it's it springs up. So it's a, it's, a, it's a work for me. So I'm being honest with you. It's a work for me, thoughts. I have to work and control thoughts. I have to constantly be aware that there is a challenge on me to, to manage and to control thoughts. And I have to rely on the Spirit to do that. If I was going to talk about it, I, I mean, we could take thoughts like, can God be trusted? Is God intolerant? Is, there, is God really compassionate? when he allows all the evil that we're seeing in the world today. Why does it require faith in Christ to know God? Why can't I just know him? Why do I have to go through Jesus? These are all thoughts. These are current day thoughts. Okay? Where can I go to meet with God? Does God, does God care about me personally? Is it, is, it, is it fair? This is a 21st century word. I think it's been around a long time. Debbie and I raised our boys through the late 90s, through the 90s and on the 2000s. And we, we taught them early, life ain't fair. Come on, somebody. It ain't fair. But here's a thought. We, uh, not, oh gosh, there's so much. I, I mean, Lord Jesus I won't say that one. Um, that was me. I get me in this. So I, I, here's y'all are getting the best of me today, and my thoughts are just. Uh, there are things that we do that teach our kids that that the world is fair. That's right. That's right. There are things we do, and the church founds a lot of that. Is the founder of a lot of that. The church creates things that, that cause us to, to teach our kids that there is a fairness in the world. You know, you know what I, I, one of my favorite commercials, it was, a, it was an insurance commercial. I don't even remember the, the, the story behind it, but it was a guy walks up, his kids start getting in, he's got a trophy in his hand. Do you all remember that? And he takes and looks at that trophy and he gets out something and he, he flicks off his thing and he writes down champ on it or something like that because it was a, it was a what? 
a participation trophy. Come on, somebody. I'd run my head through that wall if I had kids today and they tried. I had one try to give it to one of my kids whenever they were young. They said, well, not, not a trophy, but they wanted them to be able to go. And the, one of the parents looked at me, and my, our kids weren't going to be able to go. Miles wasn't going to be able to go. And he looked at me, and he said to me, not Miles, but this parent, hey, it's not really fair that you don't take your son. I looked at him, I said, he ain't your kid. You need to back off. Now, I'm not against you being in upward basketball and all that. I'm in it now. I done said it. Didn't <laughs> you don't have to keep score, but I'm keeping score. There's going to be a winner and loser at the end of the game. And I'm going to look at my kids and say, you should have played harder. Or you should have done this, you should have done that, because they need to be taught. All I'm saying is, is that we're teaching, a, we're, we're creating language today, this morning. We're creating language in this service. It was, it was at a moment, of mo uh, well, just earlier, Barry was playing, and it was very obvious that he felt that there was some resistance. And all of a sudden, he realized, I got to press in. What's he doing? He's pushing against, he's pushing against thought. He's pushing against mindset. He's pushing against attitude. The scripture says, what about attitude? You should have this attitude, the one of Jesus Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, right? So you've got to push. You've got to push against some things. You all need, we need to understand that we're in a day and a time where thought is so important. We're, we'll look at some scripture. I'm going I'm to take you to Corinthians. I'm going to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, just a second. I will give you a little background right quick on this because I think what we've got to do is we've got to try to use Scripture to start capturing some of these thoughts. We've got to, the, the crazy, the sometimes random, always intentional. You don't have a thought that's not intentional. You don't just sit around and think. You listening to me? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a contemplator. I like to think. I do. But... But I'm telling you, none of it's just, none of it's unintentional. I have thoughts and things are feeding those thoughts. There are things in my life that feed my thought process and I have to be a, a quick to recognize what's feeding it. And so what I want us to do is take a little time to try to capture some of those. Uh, it's in Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. So, so real quick background, as fast as I can. This is going to be two-part service. It's going to a two-part message. It's going to have to be because I'll be good. I'll be so lucky to get through this first part this morning. I ain't even got through the first page. I've been up here 15 minutes. <laughs> Corinth was a cosmopolitan city. It was set in a small slither of land between two large bodies of water. And if you go study it and you read about it, the people from all over the Mediterranean world came to Corinth. Corinth was a trade capital. It was a place where people went. I, I, I sort of wrote it down like this. You, you see these, the, you, you've heard of the places, they call them a destination place. Corinth was a destination place in its day. As a matter of fact, we know in studies that goods were brought into the city through ships. And they would literally take and moved ships across land, set on rollers and, 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 and trees, uh, large beams, and they would roll them from one side to the other of Corinth and launch them on the other side so they could continue on on the water on that side. 
unbelievable might thoughts and plans that they created, unbelievable way to do merchandise and trade. There was so much happening here. There are all kinds of people in the city. There are all different kinds of people. And with the different people brought what? Different religions. Matter of fact, we know that in, in Corinth, the three major religions were Greek, Roman, and Oriental. And so those three religions were established. But they all of a sudden had something happen in Corinth, and that is Jesus. And with Jesus and the message of Christ, they had this whole new religion that they were trying to figure out what to do with it because it went against the grain of everything the other religions stood for. Corinth was home temple of Aphrodite. If you know much about that story, she was supposed to be the goddess of sensual love and pleasure. History says there were upwards of 1,000 prostitutes that worked from the temple, worked, served the temple. Even in the morally corrupt society of the Roman Empire, the, Corinth was known for its excessive moral, moral decay. They would, I mean, matter of fact, if a Roman called someone a Corinthian, okay, if they looked at somebody and said, well, they must be a Corinthian, what they were saying is, hey, they're, they're bad. You understand? They're, I mean, they're bad, bad. Um, they, were, they were pointing to them as immoral as the Romans were, they saw them as excessively immoral, the Corinthians. Corinth was the, what was, what was Corinth in that day? It was the sin city, the Las Vegas of its day. So that, that'll give you a comparison. Also, the shipping trade made a lot of folks rich in that day and time. So, there were, all, there, were, there, were, there were all these people that lived in Corinth that had gotten wealthy from the trade, and yet there was extreme poverty in Corinth. There were people who were barely getting by. I, I lay all this out because I want you to understand those two, neither of those socialized with each other. There was a huge gap between the two. So you've you got to understand where Paul's coming from whenever he begins to address the Corinthians. As a matter of fact, if you read 1st, 2nd Corinthians again with all that information, boy, it changes. It changed how we think about what Paul is saying to the Corinthian church. So it was in this atmosphere and context the Corinthian church was born. And Paul's writing to them about this newfound faith and power of Christ to change the way we think. He said it in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to give you that. It's not going to come on your screen. I didn't give you this one. It's, this one's mine. I'm not sharing it with you, Ryan. <laughs> Romans chapter 12. Verses 2 and 3, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Who was he talking to in the Romans? He was talking to the Romans about the world around them, and it was included in Corinth and all. But let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect because of the privilege and authority God has given me. I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by, by the faith God has given us. So we see Paul's attitude towards thought. And then he addresses the church at Corinth with all these issues that they have. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 makes this statement. You ready? It's coming up on the screen. We are human. 
but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down stronghold, the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So real quick, I'm going to give you some thoughts. I'm going to use this scripture, and I want to walk you through this, what Paul's doing here. So first off, he talks about how human we are. Say, I'm human. Pinch your neighbor and say, you're human. No, no, I'm just kidding. Don't do it. Y'all get me in trouble. Uh, why would Paul emphasize that you're human? I'm human. Why would he say that about us? Because so often we see things in one dimension. So, so often everything is one dimensional. We see each other, we, admit, we imagine, and we think about one another based off of that, and we have our thoughts and our feelings towards one another because it's all we see. We focus on the physical, the visible, the temporal, the obvious, okay? You are human. We are human. He said, we are human. Then he follows that, but we don't wage war as humans do. Why did he do that? Because he understands that we're very one-dimensional, and in other words, it's time to start doing, doing battle in the real war that's being waged. There's a real war for your soul this morning. There's a real war for your mind this morning. And there's somebody out there, there are things out there that are attempting to shape the language in you, form the language in you, create the mindset in you, cause your heart to say things that you really don't, that's very contrary to who Christ is in you. I'm going to make it very practical. Me being mad at you, blaming you for something you may or may not even know you did. You ever been in one of those situations? Yeah. Somebody did somebody wrong, and we get mad, and, or they did us wrong, we get mad, and finally one day we figure out, ah, I know what I'll do. And we address them, and they're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And we feel pretty bad about it. Or we feel justified. Who cares? Whichever way. The problem is we get to this point that we think we can actually communicate, and we, we cut them out of our daily conversation. We unfollow them. When we think that's the best form of punishment, they'll see that. <laughs> Guess what that is? That's a sign you're human. It's okay. It's okay. You're human. But that's not the way we need to wage war. That's not what we need. That's not. Those are all signs you're human. But they're not the answer to the battle that we're in. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. So my job, your job, our job is to help people to know God, right? And so what we have to do to get them to know God is this. I know there's so much more to the Christian life than that, but if I don't do that, if I don't somehow help people to know God, then I'm missing the whole purpose of my life. Yes, our mission here is to love people, but how do I love people? I love them by helping them to find Jesus. To know God through Christ, our Savior and Lord. So I have to do something about this human nature in me because I'm human. I have to do something about this, this person that I am. The Scripture says we capture 
their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And that is an awesome passage. I just felt like there probably needed to be something said right prior to it. So I'm going to add to the scripture a little bit. For me to capture their rebellious thoughts, I've got to capture my rebellious thoughts. So it's awesome that Paul is telling the church of Corinth, hey, y'all are human, but you wage war different than you would as a human. you got to wage war and begin to capture their rebellious thoughts. And how do I do that? By pulling, by, by pulling down these strongholds, these this, this reasoning by which this, of human reasoning and false arguments. Because you see, it was the same in that day, even though it's used different. There's all these falsities. There's all these false arguments and all this reasoning that's been put out there. And I, I told Debbie on the way here, I said, honey, what are people thinking today? What do people think? Somebody passed by with a bumper sticker or, 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 or on the back window. It had who they supported. And it just fired me off. <laughs> so what are they thinking? I mean, there's people crossing the border right now trying to find life in a world that gives them freedom because they've experienced the slavery that that represents and that these people are saying this is how we want to help them. And so I'm telling you, I'm not, this isn't about that, but it's about saying, look, you and I can get guilty of, not, of, of, of saying one thing and doing another. We can be guilty of supporting an idea without knowing anything about it, without understanding there's something deeper in its meaning, without understanding that I, there's, there's human reasoning and there's, there's, these, there's these false arguments that are presented. And, and, and our job is to help them, those that are caught in that to think different, to get them to, to know God. Y'all can tell I got issues. And because of that, so I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you a reason this morning to pray daily and fast regularly. You ready? This is the reason. Our real battles are not physical battles. This is why you pray daily and fast regularly. Your real battle is not a physical battle. Your real battle doesn't have the face of your aunt or your cousin or your child or your mate it's, that's, not, that's not your real battle. Dude, they don't even know they gave you that look, probably. <laughs> you listen to me. I mean, I, I take it outside of the home and say that the streets are crazy right now. The future is so uncertain at best. Uh, uh, it, But our battles, our battles are spiritual battles. Paul's, Paul called human reasoning, false arguments, proud obstacles, and rebellious thoughts the battle that we're in. That's, that's our battle. That's where the warfare is at. They surround us. They're constantly happening day in, day out. We can't imagine the, the extent to which spiritual warfare is happening in this room this morning, right now. 
That's why this happened. That's why worship extended further. That's why a message and interpretation was given because God sees that. And he's trying to fight through it. He's trying to help. Look, the scripture tells us, I'll give you a for instance, spiritual warfare hindered the answer to Daniel's prayer for 21 days. And we know that the archangel Michael had to go, come and deliver the angel that was delivering the message to him. There's warfare, folks. There's a fight for your soul and my soul today. We don't, we, we, we're not really cognizant of that warfare that goes on. We don't, so often we don't realize the amount of flack that we experience from that warfare. Flack, I use that word. So, uh, The byproduct of this warfare is this, okay? Feelings of heaviness, depression, discouragement. Despair, despondency, restlessness, agitation, anger, all those things are the byproduct of what's happening around us, the warfare that's going on, the fight, the, the battle, the war. Man, this is serious. This, uh, these are all the byproduct spiritual warfare that happens around us daily, and they're not natural to our Christ nature. Once you come to Jesus, that's not natural to you. So the, the enemy's warring to keep you discouraged, despondent, the depressed, agitated. I can't believe they said that. So, <laughs> once you surrendered to Christ and made him Lord, his attitude is supposed to be in you. And so you've got to begin to capture your thoughts so that you can help capture the other thoughts. Isaiah made this statement, Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I've told you all before that verse was cut out of a Pentecostal evangel. My mom cut that verse out of a Pentecostal evangel, rolled a piece of clear tape, put it on the back of it, and stuck it eye level, sitting on the toilet. <laughs> right on the wall, right here. My mom was aggressive for Jesus. And she knew I had issues at a young age. So I'd look over there. 15, 16, 17. I'm going to quit using the bathroom at our house. Guess what? We had a three-bedroom, one-bath house. She had total control of the bathroom. There was no my bathroom. There was no I'll clean it when I want to. No, no, it was right there, right there. 18, 19, suddenly I get Jesus where he's supposed to be. I surrender the way I'm supposed to be. I remember the first time I read that. And the tears that ran down my face. Thinking about, man, God, Mama's fought for my soul all these years. She's fought for my soul all these years. And what I feel today is partly because she didn't quit fighting spiritually. 
She didn't quit battling for me. She didn't quit doing the war thing. According to this passage, my peace, my, my perfect peace of mind and soul requires trust and fixed thoughts on God. What is that? So Isaiah makes this point worth mentioning here. He was saying, God will keep you in perfect peace if you'll do your part. I mean, I got a, re- I got a responsibility. I got to do what? I got to guard my heart. For, for out of it is what? Comes the wellsprings of life, Scripture says in Matthew. Out of the, in here. What else does it say? It's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We talked about that. So there's a lot going on on the inside of me. And guess what forms and shapes all that? It's what I'm thinking. It's what's coming in. Because what comes in is filtered and affected and washes away and cleanses and causes a new a transformation in me, a regeneration in me. Or... It just dirties and, fi- and, and muddies and, and clogs the filter. And before long, I'm saying stuff I can't believe I say. Amen. So this battle's going on for us. It's over us. I'm going to jump to three things right quick because I really feel like I want to get into these in the next few minutes to sort of wrap us up. And on the third point, Barry's going to come up. We're just going to pray, and we're just going to surrender all this to Jesus, okay? We'll talk more about thoughts tonight, but, man, I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of get on over to what I want to suggest is, you know, we obviously, let me say it like this going into it. One of our problems is we don't always realize or recognize when Satan's attacking. Amen? I mean, we want to blame somebody. And let's face it, we're prone to just pass it off as nature. We, want to, we, we get up in the mornings and say, I just woke up this way. Yeah, that's right. We, did, we sort of, I mean... And I'm a, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy in the mornings. I wake up happy every morning, don't I, honey? I get to choose that, though. I get to make that decision. I want to do that. I want to wake up happy. It's a new day. Today's the day the Lord's made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. So that's me. I'm just, I mean, and it's annoying at times, probably. <laughs> Amen. It may create warfare at times. But I'm just, it's a new day. Glory to God. Hey, this is a good day, man. Do you not remember what happened yesterday? As yesterday. <laughs> I can affect today. I can't change yesterday. Hallelujah. Somebody praise him. Amen. So here's what we recognize. We sort of wake up with this idea. I just woke up this way. I just get cranky sometimes. You're just going to have to forgive me. No, I'm not. Huh? No, no. I'm not going to forgive you. I don't have to forgive you on that one. No, you got you chose that. I mean, you're not offending me being cranky and stubborn. I'm just not going to mess with you. I'm going to figure out how to break the conversation off. I'm going to go do my thing. Somebody say amen. 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 That's right. So so it we sort of have the, gosh, y'all, I'm fixing to go over on you. you some of you will remember Flip Wilson. Right. We have the, the devil made me do it attitude. Right? 
If you're old enough to remember Flip Wilson, that's old, by the way. I remember him. My dad would just just buckle down laughing at him whenever he'd he'd pull out. The devil made me do it. And I thought to myself, that is so dumb. But I realize now that has become our excuse in so many ways. We just think it's okay to say, well, the devil made me do it. Well, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand it, yeah, but it's time to wake up to the spiritual attack that it is. We have a responsibility to resist the devil. Listen to me. I'm going to get into some scripture here with you. I'm going to give you these three steps to perfect peace on your thoughts this morning. These are the ways that, these are the three steps you need to take to overcome the thoughts that are overcoming you, that are holding you down, that are creating in you this struggle, this this, this wrestling point. Okay, I'm going to be through in 10 minutes. Here I go. First, recognize the source of the thought. Do you hear me? Recognize it. Recognize this. James 4.1, what's causing the quarrels and fightings among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? So I thought you said the devil was it. Well, he's planting the seed. You've got a choice to water that thing, folks. You've got a choice to choose it. You've got a choice to let it happen. It's the attack on your soul at work. He's attacking Jesus in you, who you stand for, who you're called to live for. And it's not your husband, your child, your friend, your, your boss. They're not the source. Satan's the source. He hates you. And he'll use any tactic he can to create thought in you that unleashes the depression, that unleashes the discouragement, that unleashes the despair. That's, that, 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 those people are simply pawns. Pawns. I know, I know, I know some of y'all think you don't know my boss. I know that. I don't. But I encourage you to, to, to look into the next dimension for a little bit. It's not your parents' fault, your siblings' fault, or even my fault that you feel the way you feel this morning. You chose it this morning when you woke up. You let the thoughts of yesterday or the thoughts of this morning cause you to feel it. James 4, 2, and 3 says, you want what you don't have, or you, so you scheme and kill to get it, you're... Jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You, you, you want only what will give you pleasure. It, it's not fair, folks. Life is not fair. You've got to fight to find the peace. You... The first step is to recognize the source. The second step is this. Listen to me. Listen. The second step is to resist those thoughts in Jesus' name. To resist those thoughts by asking God the correct question. I don't know if I'm a movie guy. I sort of like some movies. One of one of the one of the the shows I watched years ago. It's called I Robot. Will Smith's in it, and one of the things that keeps happening in it is there's this question that keeps being asked of this guy who's died, and he shows up in this image, uh, and and so he keeps getting that, he, the question: What's going on? Why is this happening? Why is it? You're not asking the right question. You're not asking. Right. Finally, he asks a question. He says, "That is the right question. Here, here, here. This, this." This, this is the right question. Who's planting this thought? 
It's not why do I feel the way I feel this morning. You're going to feel some way or another every morning. What thought is causing me to feel that? What thought has been planted that makes me feel that way? Resist the devil. Resist his lies. Resist his deception. Resist him. Don't attach the thought you have with the person it's against. That's hard now. It's hard. I want, I, I want to blame somebody, don't you? And who is that? Who, who benefits from your depression? Who benefits from your discouragement? Who benefits from your anxiety and your aggression and your anger? Satan does. Resist those thoughts in Jesus' name. And then third, <laughs> come close. Perfect peace is yours in Jesus' name. Come close. So my job is real simple this morning. It's to say to you, recognize the source of the thought that you're having that's causing depression, discouragement, anxiety, anger. Second, resist that thought in the name of Jesus. Resist that thought because the only one that benefits from that is the devil. You don't benefit from it. The other person you're thinking it towards doesn't benefit. Nobody but the devil. And what is he ultimately after? He's ultimately after your soul. What better weapon to use than your thought process to steal, kill, and destroy your soul? Now, you need to manage that. You need to control it. You need to, you need to make sure that what you're looking at, what you're reading, what you're putting into your spirit and your soul is quality that it's good. Matter of fact, the scripture says, think on these things. And what are those things? What's noble and just and trustworthy and true and faithful, all those things that edify and build up you as a follower of Christ, that feed the Jesus in you. But how do I walk in that peace? I come close. James 4, 8. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Man, can it be that simple, Lord? Can it be that I just need to turn my face back towards you? Can it be that I just need to stop all of the other stuff that I've been doing and find time with you? I just need to come close. Perfect peace is in your presence. Perfect peace is in your name. Perfect peace. Now remember, he is talking to the church right here, so I'm going to talk to y'all from that. As you come close, depression goes. As you come close, aggression goes. As you come close, you begin to see people different. I'm going to do a few more, but if you're here this morning and God's talking to you, some of you need to get up and come close this morning. Just get up and come to this altar. Just stand in his presence. Just draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. As you come close, perfect peace will flood your soul. Some of y'all have been looking for some peace. There's some 
aggregate. There's something that's aggravating a relationship that you have. There's something that's aggravating. You've been trying to figure it out. You've attached it to someone. And I'm telling you this morning, the devil, the devil is who's responsible for it. It's not your family or your family members. It's not the person you worry. It's the devil. He's after your soul this morning. And the only answer to the peace that you're looking for is to come close. Come close. As you come close, you begin to care about life again. Some of y'all don't even want to get up in the mornings. As you come close, you begin to value God's Word again. You've been finding it hard to open the Bible and read it because all you think about is what this person said or what they did. Come on, come on. Come to this altar right now. As you come close, you begin to look forward and not backwards. Some of y'all have been so focused on yesterday and the past and the things that's happened that you forget that there's a brand new day. This is the day the Lord has made. Today, today is a day to rejoice. Today is a day to worship. Today is a day to declare that God is the ruler and the king of all the earth. Come close. Come close. And as you come close, you begin to have hope again. Come close. And as you come close, you begin to have a heart for souls again. Some of you have got friends that are so lost. And you've lost your focus. And you've lost the heart. And you're you're scared you're too deep in the relationship now. And they haven't seen you really take a stand for Christ. But it's not too late. Today's the day. Come close to God and he'll give you a peace over that. He'll give you a word to speak to them. And he'll give you an opportunity and a window to share with them and to care for them. God, give us a burden. Restore in us. Restore in us your peace this morning. Restore in us your peace this morning. Restore in us. Are you getting this? Are you getting this this morning? Are you receiving right now? Have you come close? Are you hearing this? Are you feeling the release this morning? If you've walked to this altar, I just want you to do this. I want you to say, Lord, I surrender every thought to you in the name of Jesus. I surrender every thought to you in the name of Jesus. I surrender my mind and my heart, my soul, my spirit. I I surrender my body. I surrender everything to you. And I welcome your peace. And your peace comes through the grace, God. Through the grace we sang about. The grace that's abundant. The grace that's available. Lord, let grace wash over those who are in this altar right now, this morning. In the name of Jesus. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome your presence. We welcome your presence right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let the release come to you in the name of Jesus. Let the release come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Let go of that thought. Let go of that thought. Let go of it this morning in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood over your minds and your hearts and your spirits this morning. I plead the blood of Christ over every person who's crying out this morning, saying, Lord, set me free. Set me free from this, Lord. It's yours in Jesus' name. It's yours through the blood of Christ and through the power of his word. Free, free indeed. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Devil, you're a liar. 
You're a liar. We rebuke every thought that rises up against the Lordship of Christ. And we take captive those thoughts. And we take them captive in us so that we can take them captive in others in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Renew this mind. Renew this mind. Renew this mind in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Spirit of Christ. Spirit of Christ. Devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. God has every step, every step ordered in the life of the righteous. And today, Lord, we remind ourselves that we are yours. We do not belong to the devil. We do not belong to any other system. We belong to the Lord God Almighty. And you order our steps, Lord. So we will not fear. We will not worry. We will not stress. We will walk in your steps. Let this mind, let this mind, let this spirit be released this morning of all worry and all doubt and all fear in the name of Jesus. Send out a